This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parking or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play. That is that. What a shot. Oh, a goal. Is Far post for Shearer. Goal. McLaughlin has it. Oh, deflection. And a goal. Comes to Mitchell. It's another goal. Incredible. Hobble. Swindon Townland thus far as Town played out an entertaining 0-0 draw with half-man, half-biscuits Tramier Rovers. Here to discuss this is the king of the pen click, Dan. Hello, Dan. Hello, and sorry about the pen clicks. I hear it as well, and it annoys me. Sorry, everyone. (laughs) Also on board is the king of finding a parking space in time for kickoff. It's Joe. Hey, Joe. Hey, Rich. Glad to see that you got out of Wales in one piece. Thanks for sorting that international clearance. Very much so. There's two in-house references that nobody will understand. So um, I went to Abergavenny the other day um, and, you know, suddenly Johnny Williams' international clearance went through. So I'm taking all the credit. But for you, Joe, it was a uh, touch-and-go stress to get a car space at one point yesterday. Yes, I'm sure lots of people of Swindon will relate. There's lots of uh, roadworks issues going on and uh, ways ways did me dirty and I had to go around the rat trap. Ugh. I just I just wanted the world to know that our conversations off mic aren't all, you know, red hot, maximum pace, full tilt conversations. Some of it really is quite inane and I've just wanted to let the world know about it. How are we on Half Man, Half Biscuit, gentlemen? Are we fans? Oh, absolutely. Yes, I've got a nice um, Trumpton Riots t-shirt folded up upstairs with some uh, some Nuff Swindon shirts. So, yeah, all for that. Dan? No, hate him. I mean, does that genuinely hate them or never heard of them? 
I it's gone completely over my head this reference. I was hoping to get away of it by saying I hate him. Okay, very well. Well, Joe, my favourites of the song Joy Division, Irvin Gloves, but I also really like Editor's Recommendation EP with the with the big three. Bob Wilson Anchorman, the cover of Worried Man's Blues, and the powerhouse anthem Vatican Broadside. Absolutely, and an honourable mention from me for uh, Four Skinny Indie Kids, which used to resonate back in the day. What are you on about? Tramia fans will appreciate this bit, at least. Hugely, and they can turn it off now. Um, before we get going, <laughs> Sean O'Hanlon was in the stands um, yesterday, but seemingly in the away end, Dan. So, welcome back. Oh, man, his exit still. Does it still great? Uh, it did at the time. Um, <laughs> less now, but maybe maybe he still wasn't allowed in the uh, in the home end. Maybe the bitterness still lingers within the football club. He must have felt it grated enough to stay away. So, yeah. <laughs> well, two thousand and six is a long time ago, but you know the streets of Swindon do not forget. I think it was it was the uh, the the was it bigger club MK was that the reference two years into their existence was that the phrase? Oh, it still wrangles. Um, there was something. Wasn't it a longer contract, more ambitious, something? But as it happened, we got Dennis Wise in, didn't we? And everything was rosy for 13 games. Yeah, didn't last long. <laughs> it did not last long. Okay, so Town recorded their first nil-nil draw in ages this week. Um, I think Cambridge United away in April 2019 was the last time uh, we had no goals in a game. Um, the Swindertown lineup for this one was Jojo Wallacott in goal. In defence was Rob Hunts, Romany. Critchlow, Dion Conroy and Akin Odomeo, who came in for our Kess. In defensive midfield, we had Anthony Grant and Lewis Reed. The attacking midfielders was Jack Payne, Harry Parsons, who was in for Gladwin for his first start for Swindon and Harry McCurdy. And then Tyree Simpson up front. So a couple of changes there. And on the Harry front, I did a quick glance and I think... That's the first time two Harrys have played alongside each other for Swindon since Kay and Lunn did against Ginningham in September 1952, which was also a nil-nil draw. Please, nobody look that up, because I might be wrong. <laughs> How do we even run that query? Or did you just look back? Banyard site, oh, yeah. Fair play. Well, it was five minutes. I, I wondered whether... <laughs> Harry Toffolo played in the Leighton Orient game that Agomba played in, but of course Toffolo was either injured or rested. So this is red hot again. This is such <laughs> content. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> Joe, line up. Were you happy with that? Yes, I was. I'm pleased enough with that. I mean, it's a surprise to see uh, to see Parsons start, but I think that perhaps there was an issue beforehand with uh, Gladwin's fitness, and we saw him. Um, a little bit later, uh, and I guess the logical conclusion, seeing if, you know who you've got left, is to to slot Odomo back in uh, in right back to cover for Kessler Haven. So, uh, considering all that was available, injuries, suspensions, all considered, yeah, I'm fine with that. Good. And something that I'm quite impressed with with Garner at the moment is his management of his squad. So he's he's really making a point of Gladwin not being able to sort of finish games at the moment, but he's needed. And I, I would hope that LSI Andalo is on that as well, because, you know, a lot of people would think he should be starting. But Garner seems to know his squad and really know their limits. Yeah, well, you've had a lot a lot of managers in the past that have said the right things in regards sort of player fatigue and welfare. Um, but not that many managers who actually follow it through in practice. Um, you know, 
for Ghana, I suppose it's an easy thing to do at the moment. Fairly low pre-season expectations, probably feeling very safe in the job. And, you know, if you have got a good uh, physio physio team in the background, then, you know, use them. Actually, let's look at some of this GPS data and let's, you know, talk to some of these players who haven't done a, a full pre-season and go from there. Because as you saw last night, the team didn't necessarily suffer for having Harry Parsons um, in that attacking midfield position. I personally thought pre-match, you might see a bit of a half and half uh, from Gladwin and Williams. Um, Parsons was sort of a pleasant surprise, really. After a quiet 10 or 15, I thought he really, he came to life and was really rather good. Some good, good turns, surging runs. A uh, nice shot from distance, which unfortunately for him went straight to the keeper. But yeah, it's um, faith in the youth as well. Definitely. Um, Parsons, is he 19 yet? I don't think he is. Um, and what I saw at Cambridge and what I've seen last night, I think Parsons is quite literally getting better and more confident by the match, which you know goes to show when you actually expose some of these young kids to a first team environment the um the rate of improvement can be rapid yeah yeah joe parsons what what i think was so good about his selection was the fact that it didn't feel like one of those cynical i need a center forward or i need more attacking options so i'm going to throw in the 18 year old it it really did feel like he was in there to play his part and he did it really well oh yeah absolutely he he looks looked strong he looked he looked competent i know there was there was times sometimes where you know, he was sort of a bit muscled off, like in a challenge, but that is sort of inevitable, isn't it? When you're, when you're coming in, you're, you're young and you're relatively inexperienced. Um, but I think he gave a, a great account of himself and the, the attendants were fully behind it. Um, just on a side note of what Dan had said about, you know, having a good physio, uh, just a little side note here that he had a nice cameo from uh, Baudry and Leiden, in the club shop beforehand and I think the fact that they actually look like they'll be if not already training then you know read ready sooner than we perhaps would have thought is probably a testament to how well people are being looked out or looked after behind the scenes as well um, and I do like to see on the side note I do like to see uh, players who aren't available who are perhaps injured or out of it I like to see them Doing the uh, doing the signings, saying hello, pressing the flash, shining shirts. It's just good to have people involved and around. And uh, yeah, if we take care of everybody, uh, could have a a good squad. Yeah. And on that note, Kester Hayden looked like he was in the stands watching. He was posted yeah. a couple of bits. So um, yeah, good spirit. Yep, players in the stands and Clem Morfuni still putting pints in the pubs. I think from the footage of this one. I don't care about pint pulling. I've got to be honest, couldn't give a damn about it, but I was really reassured to see the customers just focusing on their pints and just making sure it wasn't some gimmicky nonsense where they would have to ask somebody else just to, you know, sort out, please. So you look, look, watch the video and there's at least two people just eyes on the pints. Um, eyes on the prize. Eyes on the prize, eyes on the pints, which is good to see. Yeah, I was in the Merlin. I saw Clem's rapturous applause as he walked in. Um, chance went round the pub, which is a a rare thing. Um, yeah, seemed to be doing some sort of raffle. Um, 
followed by a, a bit of a token pint pouring. Clem Morfuni's uh, concentration was something to behold. He uh, also didn't take his eye off the prize. A true Aussie in every sense. Likes his grog. Not too heady then. <laughs> no, this was cider he was pouring when I was watching. Oh, okay. Yeah. One of the traditions of the Low Strangers these days is that when it comes to note-taking, Dan is the man. So what's going to happen now is myself and Joe, we're going to have a little relax. And Are you? I am. Um, <laughs> and Dan's going to talk us through just the first half um, with his absolute odyssey of notes, which is lovely. Dan, over to you. First thing of note for me, um, 10 minutes in, the first part of it could have been a very different night for Anthony Grant um, when he got caught on the ball in his own half. Callum McManaman then jinked this way and that before calling, uh, curling a, a tame shot straight at Wallacott. So a um, bit of a let off, quite unlike Granty that. Um, and I know we need we must summon the spirit of Terry Pierce tonight, um, who wasn't mad about Anthony Grant's um, Man of the Match award from the sponsors. Uh, I was yeah. going to say, this sounds like heresy so far from what I can... <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get to the Man of the Match conversation later because it was the most remarkable uh, feedback across the board, both at full-time <laughs> and afterwards. So we've got a whole section on Man of the Match. But yeah. yes, um, but Grant acknowledged it, hand up straight away. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. Forgiven. Yeah, I mean, it was just quite unlike him. You know, that's why, that's why it stood out. Um, he did, later in the half, make a couple of different, but both wonderful... Slide tackles, one to stop a, a counter-attack dead, and another where he slid in five seconds before the player arrived, sort of led on the floor, uh, just <laughs> waited for the ball to run into. But yeah, I mean, just classic granny, just all, you know, blood and thunder uh, in midfield. Um, first real sort of town chance of any note, uh, sort of 12 minutes in, beautiful cross from Paney on the left. Um, Simpson nearly got his bonce on it. Um, McCurdy then stuck it back across. And I think it was actually Rob Hunt popping up from left back. And that that was a feature of the game last night, the way that Swindon set up. And I think why some people would argue Iandolo might have been a better starter in this formation. Rob Hunt spent much of the game getting uh, white paint on his boots out on the left wing. Odomeo on the opposite flank sort of stayed at home. And I see in, in some quarters, Odomeo got a bit of stick about some of his work going forward. But I think the way the team was balanced out last night, I think Odomeo was probably being asked to stay at home and Hunt, he really had licence. And I think as a result of that, some of Tranmere's best attacks came came down their right sort of um, in the space that Rob Hunt had uh, vacated. So it was, um, it was really quite a good match. Actually. I think this is a brilliant advert for League Two, two football insides, two sides who I think are going to be be up there. And um, just, you know, some of the names who pop up in the next couple of highlights. Um, 15 minutes in, Jay Spearin of uh, Champions League fame um, curled a shot wide from 18, 20 yards. I think Wallacott had it easily covered. I was really impressed with Tranmere's uh, big number nine, Dissa Suire. Um, Emmanuel Dissa Suire, I hope I'm saying that right. Um, he had a, a back post header wide and I was sort of speculating with a friend in the stand, I think, and this is not necessarily a criticism of Tyree Simpson, more reflective of his 
relative experience up against Adisasuire. Um, I think if you'd swapped the number nines, Swindon Town probably would have won that game quite comfortably. I think the the link up play and the intelligence of how to use your body from Tramir's number nine is is a good, you know, let you know Simpson could learn quite a lot, quite a lot from that performance. But um, yeah, as as the sort of first half of the first half wore on, Tramir had some very good chances actually. Um, McManaman becoming more threatening. Um, again, sort of seemed to jink this way and that one too many times. It had a shot blocked over for a corner from that resulting corner. Simpson headed it straight to uh, one of their midfielders, Watson, who skied over from four yards. That was probably the most guilt edge chance um, for Tranmere, certainly. But um, after that came a really good spell of Swindon pressure in the last sort of 17, 18 minutes of the half. You had a uh, pain. Um, he was really influential throughout, popping up in that sort of inside left channel rather than necessarily wide left. Um, he slipped Simpson in on the left-hand edge of the box. He had a, quite a similar shot to what he had at Scumthorpe that led to the McCurdy goal. But Murphy in the um, Tramier's goal, his handling was much better. Um Parsons, I've already mentioned his shot from distance. Love the ambition there. Um, but then probably best chance for Swindon of the half, 34 minutes in. You had Payne um, on the left-hand side. Skinned the right back beautifully. Entered into the box. Low shot, which actually wasn't much cop, but this time spilled by Murphy. And McCurdy, quick as a flash, nipped in. Hit what I thought was a shot straight at Murphy, but it was actually against the base of the post. So, um, veering on a impossible angle, really, but um, good effort all the same. I know, what what do you make of McCurdy last night, gentlemen? Because I, I see a lot of this this way or that, very little middle ground seemingly, but I look at McCurdy as old school, classic winger, he's going to be mercurial, but he's had three really rather good chances last night, getting on the end of some good passes. I, I think he's comfortably worth persisting with, even if he does frustrate you with the odd misplaced pass and running down a blind alley. What do you think? Well, I think you've hit that on the head. Yeah, mercurial is the uh, the optimum word, isn't there? He he sort of marches to the beat of his own drum. He's very very untypical. Like a, as a as a modern footballer, he's got his uh, his hair tied back. He looks like he's barely got any shin pads on at all. Um, and he likes to, he likes the challenge. Is perhaps maybe the most frustrating thing. He likes to take take uh, take people on. And maybe sometimes that was a bit too much trying to like cut in once and successful, and then doing it again and then losing the ball. Uh, that was probably one of the more frustrations he's i think because he stands out that's maybe why he's becoming a uh you know a target of of ire he reminds me um you know of the sort of person my my little brother would hang out with and i think maybe people are seeing uh <laughs> they're probably seeing a lot of their own sons or stepsons who are you know lazy and playing xbox and all that sort of stuff and want to you know want to give them a good shake and say you know, stick a tie and get a good job and get some shin pads on. But uh, 
Yeah, I think it's worth <laughs> definitely worth persevering with. It, oh, yeah. it, it, there was chances there which you know bringing magic out of almost nothing, and uh, yeah, I thought it was very exciting to watch. I couldn't take my eyes off him. I will defend you, McCurdy. I will defend McCurdy as well, um, in the sense that you know a lot of footballers are media trained to death, and I haven't heard much of Harry McCurdy, but. It, it, I have, a, I have a feeling we're going to have tremendous fun with him, even if that tremendous fun is going to end up winding a lot of Swindon Town fans up. I think if he could, if he scored, I think he would flip a V sign to the goalkeeper just to uh, let him know. But, um, you know, you can't do that anymore. But I, I think he's going to be great fun. And I think we've got to be patient with him because if we get on his back, he's not going to give a damn about that. Um, and, his, <laughs> and his track record at Carlisle certainly suggests that he beats by his own drum. I love that in footballers and I cannot wait for him to wind everyone up and I'll you know if he has to move on one day because of that he, he has to but <laughs> what can I say I like those sort of footballers here 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 <laughs> that brings us to the second half which um I mean can we just take a moment one of the sort of room 101 things that annoy me about football which is completely irrelevant is just when they make you sort of attack the goal you want to attack in the second half, but they 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 don't allow you because they'll go, we'll 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 shoot that way this half. I hate that. Well, they've clearly won, haven't they, by doing that because it's annoys yes. you, Rich. Um... Well, it's not just them; it's just whenever it does because it's. I mean, especially if you're in the town end for the second half, it's like, oh god, it's just the great moment of the second half. You're gonna. <laughs> barely see because it's a hundred miles away by the Stratton Bank. But a minor a minor thing that um irks me. It really is utterly irrelevant. But a second half. <laughs> yes. Dan, um talk to me. Well the Tramere were superb in the first ten minutes of the second half and Swindon Town very much not. Very much still in the changing room and um a story really of uh numerous crosses into the Swindon Town box and Tramere were quite quick to get their crosses away all night in the way that Swindon Town, probably under Garner, are going to take the extra pass and work a situation a bit longer before eventually putting the ball into the box. But, um, you know, literally first minute after half time, right wing cross uh, flashed across the box and Anthony Grant, having seen it again, tugs back the arm of uh, Di Sassuere, um Blatant penalty, I suppose, a possible red card too, if the referee sees it that way. But luckily for Swindon Town, the referee did not see it. Uh, the score remained nil-nil. And, um, you know, another example of it could have been a very different night for Grantie. Um Could quite easily have been been the villain there, but he's used all his wiles and experience to uh, to get away with that one. A um, couple of minutes later, um, Morris, who... I, I was sure I remembered being a pain in the ass, um, and I looked him up. He used to play for Warsaw, didn't he? He scored a couple of goals against us in the past. He was quite tricky on Tramir's left wing. He he put a lovely cross to the back post, and Tramir's marauding right back Cogley uh, could only put it into the side net in. Um, and then 51 minutes, the sort of real big chance. The sort of you spoke about the big moment in front of the town end, Rich. Well, this was it. Um, Jojo Wallacott coming to the rescue, another excellent right-wing cross. Suire popping up between Towns, uh, two centre-halves, Critchlow and Conroy, heading it powerfully, but luckily for a straight at Wallacott, who managed to get the ball away 
to his right. A really excellent, excellent save and um, just consolidating what has been a very good start to the season from young Jojo. Um, I know he's 24, but in goalkeeping terms, he is he is quite young. Um, yeah, following that, you know, more more Tramia pressure. McCurdy, the, the sort of frustrating side of him, had a really good chance to counter-attack. Um, ran into trouble, lost it, and then sort of put in a petulant swipe of a tackle, which got him a yellow card and Tranmere a free kick just outside the box. Um, they put that straight into the wall, luckily. And I don't know, it's, Swindon just seemed to wake up a bit then. And actually, um, sort of 55 minutes onwards, was again, another very good spell in the match for, for Swindon Town. And then a voice could be heard from the stands. An individual just singing Men of Harlech. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, that'll be that'll be our Joe or our James. Um but um it wasn't Williams who came first, it was uh it was Gladwin for Parsons, sixty minutes. Um Parsons got rapturous applause, uh, which was lovely to see. Um I thought Gladwin's first touch was gonna be to take a free kick. Uh he trotted straight on, but Payne curled that over the wall. Um he had another pain shot from distance, comfortably saved after 64 minutes. And then Town's real big chances um, in the, the sort of next seven or eight minutes, a trio of chances, uh, almost, you know, pain just making Swindon tick. Lovely, lovely reverse ball um, behind the defender to McCurdy, who made a great run off the right. I don't think McCurdy did a lot wrong. Hit it first time. Uh, Murphy sort of closed the angle down, came flying off its off his goal line, and um, that was a very smart save. He then had a clever short corner routine from the resulting corner. Payne uh, sort of scuffed it a little bit, cleared off the line by a mixture of goalkeeper and defender, and then 75th minute, probably the best save in the lot from Murphy. Gladwin had threatened to lose the ball in the middle of the park smashing slide tackle which isn't something you see from him every day um, and then almost instantly put a lovely diagonal ball onto the chest of McCurdy over the top McCurdy channeling his best Charlie Austin's chest straight onto volley but uh, Murphy got it round the post um, real shame and uh, it seemed a little bit odd given McCurdy's involvement in in the game in the, in the previous 10 minutes that he was the one to make way for Williams on 76 minutes. Um, and do you, do you think we got enough out of Williams last night? Should we used him earlier, gentlemen? My hand, blood, fight <laughs> not I. Um, I was late, but then with the way that the, the game was going and how it was shaping up and he kept getting chances sort of cutting in and cutting in, because in the second half, they were, then in halftime, you saw... Just before they started, there was uh, an, I was there with my dad and brother, all all Wales fans here, and my dad's you know a tourist coming to Swindon. He's not following the team really. He came to see Johnny Williams, of course. But in that <laughs> in that Big sort draw. of post post warm up there, you know, he was making a point of high fiving and hugging all of the players, and you know trying to ingratiate himself there. And it almost had. That he was front and centre of things like the trust socials of, you know, come on down and get your tickets and come see me. And you would have thought, you know, half an hour from him was part of the 
part of the casual draw there. But the way that the the game was going, and as you say, had some guilt edge chances from McCurdy. It was surprising, a that he went off, and also that not really that he came on so late because I think if anyone else was in Garner's position, we'd sort of ride it out and see if we could squeeze one and then bring him on when we had a goal. <laughs> they they absolutely had to play him. I mean, the amount of promo they gave him. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> if he didn't get on. <laughs> oh, man, that would have been so funny. It would have been so funny. So, I mean, this is a guy that that hasn't played many competitive games recently. I don't I don't think he got on in the Euros, did he? Bench bench warming in the Euros. He'd I think they were saving the, him um... for the quarterfinals, weren't they? Exactly. That's yeah. We saw a bit of him at Charlton last year, didn't we? And then it was probably a surprise that you know he got taken to Cardiff, and I think they paid a fee for him. But I only managed less than ten appearances there. He did feature a bit in those um, those sort of pre-tournament warm-up friendlies, and that's probably the last game time that he mm. he had. Is he the Welsh James Ward-Prowse? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Well, I mean, the fact that he forced his way back in was impressive in its own right. Um, and I think his last game for Charlton was against Swindon, the 2-2. He was taken off at halftime. I don't know if that was performance or uh, or injury. But considering his career and where he was at in League One and going up to the Championship just to give it a go and he got in, I think was hugely impressive. But, I mean, it, all joking aside, you know, Swindon got a couple additional people through the door to see Johnny Williams and it's 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 insane because I mean it's been pushed like it's this absolutely insane signing and at league two level it's a very impressive one but are we going to see like hundreds of Williams 20 shirts around and are we going to see though are we going to start seeing the yellow bucket hats of Wales maybe there's in? more of a Welsh invasion than you think maybe it's already started but uh I know it's eye-catching isn't it I can only really think uh was it like the World Cup when we had Luongo? But of course, you know, he already belonged to us then. I can't remember the last that we signed someone who just came off the back of a, a tournament. We've had, you know, internationals like for like Hallam Hope or Christopher Mistler. And I'm all for it. I'm all for, uh, you know, getting a read up on their international exploits or knowing that they've got caps. And it's all very exciting. But I can't remember the last time we had someone who's tournament fresh. When we had Fjortoft, was he, did he sign from Rapid Vienna pre the World Cup or post? No, it was this ninety three ninety four. Dan, it's the end of our Premier League season. He almost left. He almost left because he wanted to play in the World Cup. That was why he was going to go back to uh, to Norway and play, wasn't it? I was surprised to hear because I think we all we all thought when you've got someone who's you know just come out of the Championship, yes, they've come down to League Two. He's got a relationship with our coach from before, but I think we all sort of resigned ourselves and quite happy for if he's here for a bit, you know, for a cup of coffee and someone comes in for him in January, that's fine. But in the interview he had with the, with the club that went out on their media, he made some very, very sort of grand overtures about this being somewhere that he wanted to, to set roots in. It was, it was quite rock. I hope those words don't come back to, to Sean O'Hanlon him in the future. Before uh, before Williams got on him, it was mentioned that the through ball for McCurdy, it just instant flashbacks to just a couple of years ago for Doughty and more of that, 
more of that. It was sublime and it deserved a goal. Yeah, magnificent from Paney. Um, I know we're going to come on to the uh, Man of the Match chat later. Oh, yes. Um, I think he made a very strong case. Um, I think he, he started the season very well. Seems to be relishing the uh, extra responsibility within the squad. Um, and, you know, at the level above, he's a very good player. And at, at this level, you know, to have him, Gladwin, Williams, Reed looks another real Rolls-Royce of a of a midfielder. It's, I mean, God, I mean, is this better than a lot of our League One midfields recently? Go. I think you know the answer to that. Yes, it is. You can only you can only imagine like what what could have been. Oh, dare we even <laughs> dare we even mention what could have been last year if we had the sort of embarrassment of riches in midfield as we have this year? Uh, it could have been so different. It could have been so so different. Well, is there anything from the last the dying minutes that you wanted to add there, Dan? Um, well, I was just going to say, whilst Williams had some nice. Passages of play on the Swindon left. The clear-cut chances seemed to dry up after he came on, actually. A um, couple of nervy moments uh, in a defensive sense in the 89th minute as Tramme had a set-piece into the box. A uh, bit of a scramble followed by a low slave from Wallacott. And then he did a very nice bit of clearing up with his uh, sort of chest and feet as he came out of his box to cut off um, a Tranmere striker coming through. It, it just all got a bit frantic at the end, quite bitty, you know, lots of niggly fouls and set pieces that weren't very well delivered from from both sides. But probably the brightest moment in stoppage time for Town Payne again, another lovely ball uh, inside the fullback for Odomeo. Odomeo muscled his way through um, and actually got round the back, and you're thinking, go on, go on, please, just drill it across. But his touch was just a bit heavy, and the Tramir defenders went flying in and and blocked the sort of the low cross. Um, yeah, it's um, it was just yeah a really good nil nil. I know that's cliche sometimes. Um, two very good League Two sides, both trying to play football, both going to be up there at the end of the season. You could say both sides may be lacking a little bit of end product, which later in the season, I think, you know, you play that game again, it could be a real ding-dong, ding-dong of a game. Um, and I, I think we're still saying the same things after the match as we were saying before. You know, centre-forward and probably another wide-forward are definitely the priorities in the squad. Um and perhaps we might talk about that now, gentlemen. I'm just wondering, uh, did you, Dan, you were in Don Rogers, weren't you? I certainly was. You're sort of closer to the town end than the bank, would you say? I, well, I am. That's undoubted. All oh, right, yes. Because there was, yep. a, there was a, a, a section there, you know, towards the end when uh, Nevitt, the Transmere forward, sort of came on and a bit of needling with him and, yes, a bit of needling with him and Grant. Um, mm mm-hmm. We had a bit of CM Punk music at halftime, and they must have been inspired because I'm swear I swear he scooped him up and put him on his backside. Jim, one of the surges forward, and it just seemed to go completely unnoticed. Good uh, fun though. Well, I know they they were sort of having a run in tit for tat, and Granty, like he sometimes does, does run it very close to the line, and like suddenly he runs five mile an hour quicker when he's making a beeline for the uh, for the guy who's been winding him up. Um, 
yeah, he always just manages to stay the right side of the line. Grant, he touched with. Um, I didn't. I didn't see a moment where. So Grant was dumped to the floor. Yeah. Oh. Um. Well, Nevitt must be a strong old boy. <laughs> yeah, there's a bit of bit of a uh, bit of curiosity there. I I, I enjoy Grant for me. It does it does you know just enough to stay the right line, but also just enough to really really wind the other guy up, and it's always good fun. <laughs> hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Go back. So we talking the cult of personality was was played at halftime. Yes. By Living Color, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that that's 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 CM Punk's thing, right? CM Punk is a wrestler for those who don't know. That is him. Yes. He's he's rumored to be a it was in UFC as well, wasn't he? He's rumored to be making a a, a big return. So somebody whoever's whoever's DJing in the in the sound booth there is obviously a uh, hyped for that. Oh, on music, my uh, DM request into the DJ on Twitter for uh, Metallica ready to go. Metallica <laughs> ready to go. Uh, Metallica ready to go. And I said, can you please play that five minutes before kickoff? And true to his word, um, am I... Have I got the right Republica, hand? surely. <laughs> Republica, what am I on about? I would pay. Oh I my would God. pay good money to hear Metallica do. Dan Hunt, everyone. I uh, am not a music expert. <laughs> <laughs> but that just takes me back to... But yeah, it was there. It was back. Well, there you go. It was there. It was back. And that made me very happy. Ready to go. <laughs> I want to hear it. <laughs> I want to hear that. I want to hear Metallica do "Ready to Go," and I didn't charity single. They did um, at all. They did. Uh, I want to. Uh, was it? They did. I want to be adored at the Etihad, and it was uh, cack. Oh, much like parts of this episode. Um... This <laughs> space here for Thompson. Chance to measure this cross. Pittman in the middle. It's gone beyond him, and the header was perfect. As Shiasimi came crashing in. Swindon Town have come to one of English football's stately homes and they are feeling right at home. Let's go to uh, the post-match uh, with with Ghana and big thanks to No More Heroes on Town End Forum who, although I listen back at it, he does the notes and it's great. So Ghana said it was a pleasing performance. The only eight negative was one point and not three. Um, strong performance to build on usual. McCurdy mentioned, and he said he was, dis- and McCurdy himself was disappointed he didn't score. Um, believes the goals will come. Um, they have to. Um, build up play was superb. Tramia, a good team, a lot of experience um, in the team and the, and the manager himself, Mickey Mellon. Uh, the pain pass to McCurdy was brilliant play. We looked a threat from set pieces. We have a way we want to play. Um, on the transfer front, he does want one or two forwards, um, but he didn't think they were going to be anytime soon, I don't think, from what I heard. Um, certainly doesn't give time frames, so that can mean it could be any minute or week or so. Happy with the defensive performance. Cited uh, Feeney and McManaman as very good players for Tramier and that the defence did well to contain them. Uh, their best moments came uh, from us being a bit loose. Wallacott has been outstanding across the three games so far. Williams gave a glimpse of what he could do. And Gladwin and Williams will get closer fitness-wise in the next couple of weeks. Uh, good moment for Parsons. Uh, sends a message to the academy um, that you can progress into the first team. Um, 
we are ahead of schedule, the club, in terms of performance and points from the Weymouth game he cited, that we're ahead of schedule and we have controlled the long parts of the game and we deserve more than four points in that in the in the games in the three games so far. Um a lot of standard stuff in there from Ben Garner, but it's hard to disagree with with the fact that we, we are ahead of schedule. Yeah, yeah. Um I think uh the other Welshman, James Burgoyne, I saw him tweet something earlier saying Last night's game had the feel of a final preseason game where you're seeing the side come together. It's doing a lot of good things, but still just slightly disjointed and, you know, a little bit of work to do on recruitment, a little bit of work to do just on that, that cutting edge. So actually, with this being game game three in the league, game four overall, you know, that's probably as far behind as we expected ourselves to be in a way. So um, going up to Salford on on Saturday, I think will be I mean, an okay game for us. Actually, they they've started the year poorly, drawn two, lost one, got that favourites tag hanging over them. They've got a horrid manager in Gary Bowyer. I think pressure's on Salford there, and um, yeah, I, I think that I think that'll go well for town. Saturday. I think for my my little brother came along yesterday, and his first game, his first proper game ever was about less than five weeks ago at Hungerford, watching Hungerford beat Swindon 3-2 with the sort of threadbare, you know, academy guys there. And to, you know, to see him watch yesterday's game, point out people that, you know, he'd seen play in that friendly, I think he was, he was blown away by, you know, how different it was in such a short space of time. Let us talk about Man of the Match because... Although I'm not going to sort of say it was it was nuts, but there, I've never. It's been a long time since I've seen such polarizing opinion um, on who was the man match. Which, first of all, you know, let's get out of the way. This is a wonderful argument to have, given the last few months, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll start. We'll start with the low strangers man of the match because I put this to the WhatsApp group because most of us watched it. I went with Jojo. My reason for going for Jojo Wallacott was that I think he was solid. He was good. I think there were players that were brilliant on the pitch, but the fact that a clean sheet and at least one of his saves was as good as a goal for Swindon, in my opinion. So I gave it to him. I couldn't decide on a couple of others, um, but I gave it to Jojo. Um, Dan, who did you go for? Uh, Payne, all night long. So influential, really creative. Just he's he's a gem, really is. Yeah, and Joe, who did you go for? Well, you know, it's, you know, it's shorter ago than uh, Hungerford. It's shorter ago that we're all about you know having the club back and anything above twentieth is fine. Um, and it feels like the sort of discourse going around is really evident of just how spoilt we have been in these last few games because we're expecting the worst. I didn't see and. Aside from you know, you know who was the best, I don't think I really could say that anybody was particularly poor. We have seen better performances from some players. True, some people were sort of playing out of you know their natural position or, or filling in. And we spoke earlier about that sort of shape where you know, Hunt was really, really deep in the opposition half, and Odomeo hung back. And you know, I was sort of wondering if this was if this was organic or by design. If he just was maybe feeling a bit a bit timid we know that you know he can work out on the right but it's probably more comfortable at center back so performances like that we've seen better but i don't think that 
you know anybody was particularly awful yeah we're seeing people get you know fours and fives all over the shop um for me i went for jojo woolacott i think you know he just looks so so controlled in that first spell or his cameo i should say last season i was thinking of how much i liked his uh you know his distribution his kicks and yet he's much more confident always seems just rolling it out or dribbling out to you know players in front of him which is brassy playing out from the back in league two but i liked it covered everything well that low down save was probably the second guilt edge chance apart from where he seemed to scoop it over the goalie in the uh in the first half um i know people say the optics of giving a man of the match to a goalie is not good i would have given it to him or uh i think reed for me i think he sort of grew in the game and when i say grew like by the end he looked about 10 feet tall he really really did sort of command the play that's a long way up from five foot six Absolutely is. Okay, so you went with Wallacott, I went with Wallacott, and Dan went with Paney. Um, so, ooh, you know, two names there. Well, I can tell you Dave, Connor, and Terry all went for Reed. So Reed got the Those Strangers Man of the Match. Um, Anthony Grant got the Sponsors Man of the Match. Anthony Grant also got 5 out of 10 in the Advertiser. And if you read around social media, you'll see a lot of people cannot understand why Reed is getting mentioned. Um, a selection of suggestions for Man of the Match from listeners. Thank you very much for those who gave us more than just um, the name. So Chocolate Frog, these names, said um, Anthony Grant was a monster, getting uh, back to his championship winning best. Uh, Bernie Man said Jack Payne, as most of our impetus and attacking girl came from him, and he slid a couple of Doughty-esque balls inside to create chances for others. Matt Greenaway said Jojo Wallacott, quality and composed on the ball and the vital saves uh, looked easy. Always keen to get us moving quickly. Chris Tanner said Romany Critchlow looked classy, compa- looked classy, composed and could be a key performer. Glad it's a season-long loan. Graham I said Lewis Reed kept the tempo up, covered a lot of ground, solid in defence and inventive with his range of passing. Sean Anthony says controversial, but McCurdy felt like he'd have run to the end of the earth and done everything he could to get us a winning goal. Paul said Harry Parsons, just because he's 18, made his first league start and he's one of our own. Uh, Michael Adams says Conroy, uh, Rolls-Royce at the back, barely put a step wrong. So loads of options there. And as I mentioned before, an advertiser looked at Anthony Grant's display, which, as we've already discussed, there was an error and there there was a moment in the second half too. Isn't it great to have so many options there? But the the overall reaction from people was like, not bickering, but just like, how on earth are people not picking pain? Or how on earth are people going for this, that and the other? It was amazing to read. You know how, of course, he's got the nickname of the general. And, you know, I, I don't come to praise nor bury him, uh, Mr. Anthony Grant. I think that his performance had kind of stood out, obviously, to the sponsors. And I think the radio had given him the man of the match as well because of things like the, the slow motion slide tackle and the needling. And he did some things that were great he did some things that were risky and put us uh <laughs> put us in a compromising position but it was entertaining players like at the back like uh conroy and critchlow i mean for me seeing critchlow at the back he looks like somebody who would have spent last year with us for how 
comfortable and confident he looks on the ball or in that centre back position alongside Conroy. But it's it's not very showy, is it? It's not very exciting to just sort of tidy up at the back. Um, so I can I can see why I can see why Grant appealed. I wouldn't say it was his his best moment or his or his worst. Just uh, just allow it. It certainly wasn't five out of ten, though, was it? No. And neither neither they have the same for Gladwin when he came on and you know, he, a couple of uh, a couple of scuffs were managing to win balls back. I wouldn't have put him at a five either. No, I, I think weights and measures. I think Grant. I think if you ask Grant, did you have a good game? I think he'd, he'd be quite self-critical. He'd probably say that wasn't one of his better games. Um, but that still doesn't mean he didn't do some highly influential things that were very eye-catching to a happy, you know, boisterous home crowd. You know, when you you make those couple of sliding tackles like that, and when you're you know, involved, you're like squaring up to people at the end, you know, he's always in the referee's ear. Um, you know, so he probably came out somewhere in the middle by by his high standards. Um, I think, I agree, Conroy and Critchlow um, were very good. Um, two extremely comfortable footballers. And the biggest compliment I can give them is that, you know, Odomeo, our player of the year last year, is going to struggle to... He's going to struggle to displace him. Um, he might have to become a right back because Conroy and Critchlow look the part, don't they? And they seem to have a fairly good understanding already. Um, yeah, um, some very good signs at the back. Um, Louis Reed, you know, also had a good game. I think um, he just does the simple things very well. Um, very comfortable on the ball rarely gives it away, um, is capable of um, some incisive passing, um, seems to complement Paney well as well um, in the way that they both seem to have the ball glued to their feet. So, yeah, um, what, what a joy to be sat here talking about all these, all these different names, as you said, Rich. Lovely position to be in. I'm starting to wonder, really, because people seem to, uh, we've seen a lot on, you know, social media of people having banter and popping out of wheelie bins and all that kind of stuff. We know this group of players seem to get on and seem to like each other and there's a, a nice atmosphere. But perhaps everything that's not quite clicking is just that, although they may like each other, they don't all know each other and how each other plays yet. So while there might be a lot of discourse on Twitter or forums about all the, you know, the end product or that that layoff was a bit short, it's short compared to what maybe they're used to. And as the next couple of games come through, you've got Salford and then a full week break, haven't you, before the Mansfield game. Um, as they sort of gel and play together more, I think these things are just going to sort of automatically with muscle memory fall into fall into place. I'm starting to get a bit greedy and not thinking about 20th place anymore. Is that is that bad? Not at all. No, I, I, I think the I think the podcast realigned to that a few weeks ago when I was speaking to Terry. You know, at, a couple a month or so ago, if you were thinking that the, the club would be competing in any way, you were you were very positive, and I applaud you for it. But there was no way there was anything to suggest that was going to happen. And then when some of the, the first load of signings came in around about, you know, Kessler's arrival, it was quite clear 
that Swindon were onto something here. And I, I don't think we're sitting on the, you know, anything above the relegation zone is a nice target to have any season, regardless of what you've gone through. Um, but I'm not sat here now, arms folded, going, we absolutely have to make the playoffs, but we can absolutely give it a bloody good go along with automatic promotion if it, if, if it goes our way. But it's clear we still only did draw this week and we still only, and we did lose before that. So there's still work to be done. Um, so we shouldn't let our guards down, but we should enjoy the fact that we can think about competing, which is great. Absolutely. And um, one of the most encouraging things of the whole Shaboodle is the quality of the football, which in such a short space of time, we seem to have a style. And I'm, I'm sure the odd person might say, sometimes we're a bit ponderous for our own good. We'd rather play the extra pass, rather take the extra touch. But again, I think to Joe's point, once people become familiar with each other, once you add, hopefully, an established centre forward and some of the very high calibre players, of which you know Johnny Williams and Gladwin come into that bracket, get fit and hopefully stay fit, then, um, yeah, I, I, I think there's going to be a lot of teams in this league, worried about Swindon Town. Here is hoping. Well, in terms of the rumour mill, not much going on at the moment. The only uh, name that's uh, churning through and coming out is 21-year-old attacking midfielder Jaden Mitchell-Lawson, who um, many will know um, because he was a youth player at Swindon Town, formerly of Derby County, where he played a couple of times for them and had a couple of loan spells at Bristol Rovers, um, where he played under Ben Garnett. You know, if some people will tell you they saw him at the county ground um, at the Tramier game in a Swindon tracksuit. So if that's accurate, then we might get announcement in the not too distant future. But yeah, Dan, that, that could be a very shrewd signing also. Yeah, or at a minimum, at least the merchandise is selling well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, of the two Jadens that we sold to Derby on the same day, um, I've had quite different career courses since. Um, Bogle establishing himself in the Derby side as a, a very accomplished right back and since moved. It was a joint transfer, wasn't it, to Sheffield United back in January? But um, I'm sure that money's keeping Lee Power warm, allegedly. Um, and then, obviously, Mitchell Lawson uh, not quite hit the same heights Um had a couple of loan spells at a crisis club, um, Bristol Rovers. Um, got a couple of goals, did okay. Seemed to have been knocked back by COVID a wee bit at one stage. Um, yeah, I mean, at the very least, he's local. He's a good age, 21. He's had a good academy upbringing. Garner knows all about him, you'd assume. Um, the only unfortunate thing I would say is it, he'd be coming into an area of the squad attacking midfield come wide midfield where we already have rather a lot of good players. So could you perhaps focus more on uh, a central forward? That may well be happening alongside. And I look forward to welcoming Hal robson Carnu and seeing James and Joe uh, collapse uh, with happiness. I'm start. I'm starting to think now. Um, I was very much of the of the mindset that you know somebody that um, uh, someone with experience will will come in now. I'm feeling more like you know 
trust in the process of not waiting for you know Paddy Amon to do a, a Pierre Sweeney and go the other way and decide this is not for him. I feel like Ghana must have someone in mind. They're not necessarily going to have that, you know, 20 goals a season and a paternal arm around the uh, shoulders of Simpson. It could be anybody. And, you know, maybe maybe it could be somebody younger. I'll tell you what, in terms of, uh, you know, getting somebody back in, if you can shift someone off for 200k and get them back in for free, and you've got chumps like uh, Chelsea paying through the nose for someone they let go for nothing, then that's the way to do it, isn't it? Fools. <laughs> there we go. What a place to end it. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thanks, all. Thank you. <laughs> the Low Strangers is an independent podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford, and the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. <laughs> Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.